Welcome to Mentors Collective. If you've been following me for a while, you might know my first successful business was actually a marketing agency. And marketing, strongly believe, is the number one skill that you should focus and hone in on as an entrepreneur. In fact, a lot of the best business owners and companies that I've had the pleasure of dealing with started as expert marketers, believe it or not. So in this episode, I brought on a friend who I've been following for a long time, who is a king in the digital marketing space. From Ireland, James H. Blake is an entrepreneur who owns a successful digital marketing agency and multiple online e-com stores. He's done over $100 million in client revenue, and he's got a very strong following online and as an under 30-year-old entrepreneur. I follow him on Instagram. You should give him a follow too. But welcome, James. I'm excited to talk digital marketing with you. How are you, brother? Thank you very much, Jay. And I have to say, it's an absolute delight of mine to be on here with you because the, the feelings are very mutual. I think you're a fantastic entrepreneur yourself. And um, I'm absolutely delighted to do this and hook up. And it's fun, right? Over the years, you know, watching your friends grow their company and, and get bigger and better Incredible. and just rooting each other on from a distance. And now we actually get to sit down, chat, and hopefully give something back to the audience. So thank you for spending some time and, and congratulations on everything that you built. Thank you very much. And I completely agree. It is. It's awesome to see everybody growing. And, you know, it's, it's cool because we've never actually met in the flesh, but I definitely think that we, we feel like we know each other. Um, we've seen uh, many successes within both of our businesses. And it's just, it's a really cool vibe. So thank you for having me on. Cool. And let's talk digital marketing. You know, I, I was in the digital yep. marketing space. We went away from that for a while. Now we focus on public relations. A lot yep. of people I know have started digital marketing agencies that just kind of went flat or died. Yeah. But you did the opposite, man. You started a digital marketing agency and now you've got two beautiful offices in Ireland. You deal with clients all over the world. Yeah. So what's your story, brother? Like, where did you come from? How did you learn this? How did you build this? Yeah. So I suppose... I'll take it right back to the start and that'll give the, the listeners a bit of an idea of who I am and what drove me with the business. So um, I grew up in um, Lisburn, Northern Ireland. Um, I come from a working class family and I don't know if the terminology would be the same in the States, but you know that means that we, not that we were totally broke, but we just didn't have like a lot of money um, or a lot of opportunity. Um, I sort of was your typical entrepreneur from no age, I was buying and selling stuff. I was, you know, I can remember back to like the days of like Pixel websites, Bebo, and like creating things on there and getting money for it. Um, and I just sort of, from my background, Jay, like I had no other option but to make things happen for myself. I wasn't an amazing student. Um, there was numerous things that I had to deal with at home. I um, grew up with a severely disabled um, brother um, who I helped care for. And a lot of these things that were extremely challenging for me as a young person have made me into the sort of resilient person that I am, which is obviously a super important characteristic of a, an entrepreneur. Um, so, you know, going through all of those stages, going through life, um, I totally fell in love with marketing and digital. Um, my first proper business, um, and when I say proper, it was probably because it was making a bit of money, um, like proper money was when I was 16, I set up an online fitness business. I qualified in um, fitness qualifications and I actually hooked in a couple of other personal trainers and I was selling plans online. These guys were creating the plans. I was selling them. I could see a scalability with it. And this is before like there was lots of online fitness coaches and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. 
Um, but very fast, like I, I learned that the marketing side of things and the sales and growth and scalability was something that I'm totally obsessed with. Um, and, you know, I've got massive aspirations and digital is just so powerful for that, as you'll know. So um, fast forward a number of years, I worked in different companies. I learned my sort of trade. I worked for Google Premier Partners. Um, I worked in some shitty jobs as well to save up a bit of money. Um, like I, I worked in like call centers and stuff like that, like just doing whatever I had to do um, to make things happen. I ended up working um, for the Google Premier Partner, got headhunted, worked for a digital agency um, that were 10 years established. Um, that was pretty cool, but I learned a lot from them in terms of what not to do, um, which was interesting. Um, and then I left there. I didn't get my profit share. I didn't get anything that I was supposed to get. I was only 22. I was a director there. Um, and I left. I set up Vindicta with 500 pounds in my pocket. That was all I had. Um, at this point, I'd moved back with my parents and all this kind of stuff. The typical entrepreneur story. Um, and literally just 16, 18 hour days doing whatever it took, banging the phones, selling websites before we even had our own and um, literally just doing whatever it, it, it took. And we've scaled so much since then. Um, as you said in the intro, we've done over 100 million for clients and revenue. Um, our own revenue as a business has tripled and quadrupled every single year that we've been in business, which is awesome. Um, and our team has expanded and our services have expanded. So um, yeah, it's a pretty sort of like rags to riches kind of thing. Um, but in my mind, we are literally just getting started. And I say this to my team all the time, like, Every day we hit that reset button and we're back on it. I love it. And for everyone listening, like that's such a true raw entrepreneur story, the resilience, the hardships that you faced early on, and then just grinding from one opportunity to the next. And then, man, when you start an agency for your first time, really not knowing what you're doing, trying to prove to clients that you're trustworthy, that you have some yes. authority, yeah. it's, it's so hard. And yeah, totally. you know, I, I, as an agency owner myself, how did you attract some of those first clients Yeah, and, I think, and convince them I think to trust you? Totally. I mean, especially at the start, because, you know, I'm 28 now and I was 23 when I launched the business and I have a baby face as it is. You know, I don't have a beard or anything. So I, I, some people might say I look quite young. And whenever I started the business, I was a 23 year old kid, you know, I'm walking in, I've got the suits on, I'm trying to look a bit older, but um, it came down to a point where like, you know, I was going into meetings at that age and I can remember one time going into a meeting and the guy was like, who the hell are you kid? And I was like, I'm James. I spoke to you on the phone. And he was like, no, 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 no. Where, where's your boss? Where's your boss? You know? So like you had all of those kind of challenges aside from the struggles of actually building an agency. There was also the aspect of being very young and things like that. But, you know, I'm a firm believer in, Jay, that if you are delivering a really good service and you are willing to do whatever it takes to make what you're doing a success, it's inevitable that you'll succeed. It, You know, it might take slightly longer. It might have took me slightly longer than it would have took a kid that had rich parents that just bankrolled things. Or it's maybe taken me longer than somebody who maybe grew up with more opportunities. But the way I see it is um, the things that, you know, I struggled with, the adversities, um, starting off a business with no money, all that kind of stuff taught me so much more than I could ever have learned in any other circumstance. So it kind of became a superpower and I used that. And at the very start, I sold on my story. So I decided that, look, I'm young, I'm a kid, 
I'm coming into this market. I'm going after the big stuff. I don't want to you know, fuck around with small stuff. I want to be serious about this. I want to make some money and I want to build a proper base of a business. And to do that, I, I knew that I had to do something slightly different. So I sold on my story and I dealt with the people directly myself. And I told them about my background, told them what I've achieved, what I'm going to do. Um, thankfully, lots of people um, believed in me. They gave me the shot with their accounts um, and we we done very well. Um, and we we just scaled that up. We luckily picked up a couple of celebrity customers at the start as well, which was cool. That brought us into mainland England, like London and areas like this. We picked up a very big client in the States um, who are actually a billion dollar company. Like insanely just through Instagram, their marketing girl contacted me direct, like gained the power of Instagram. And um, we never looked back and we just continued to scale. Um, and I'm so grateful and blessed to be in the position that we're in right now. Um, and as I say, the plans that we have for growth as a business are astronomical um, and we will achieve it. And it's funny, once you get through that first phase of like, you can trust us, like, let us prove ourselves, let's do good yeah. work. It really just keeps growing from there. Now you're at a point where you've got case studies, you've got references, you've yeah. got offices and pictures and videos. Yeah. And yeah. now the sky's the limit. So really for the entrepreneurs listening, getting through that first few months, that first few years even, uh, is the hardest part. And getting past all of your limiting beliefs are what's going to enable you to do that. Absolutely. And it sounds like your limiting belief was, you know, I'm a 23-year-old kid who's going to trust me. Yeah. I mean, and there was there was loads, Jay. You know, like I, I, I grew up from a, a working class background. I sucked in school. You know, I was a fantastic athlete and I was always very good at things that I loved to do. Um, which what was your people, sport? Um, football, soccer. Um, cool. yeah. So I played at quite a decent level. I also sprinted as well. So I was a pretty fast guy. I'd say I'm still pretty fast, actually. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, things that I was passionate about, I was all in on, obsessed with it. And I'm just like that today. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs share that trait. Um, so whenever you look on paper and you see shit student grew up from this kind of background, um, X, Y, and Z had this challenge, had this challenge. A lot of people would maybe write themselves off before actually thinking about those things, reverse engineering them and going, hold on a second, this actually makes me a tough motherfucker. And it means that I can achieve things that other people potentially will break up. Um, and that is so important. It's, it's all about resilience. 100%. And I wonder if I was a, a professional athlete too, all through yeah, right. yeah, kinda, yeah. and a high school, college. I wonder if there's some synergy there between people who play at an elite level in sports and, and, and entrepreneurship. I'm sure it does. Because right, we learn work ethic. We learn defeat at such, an, at such a young age. And it chisels you into a, this harder, more resilient entrepreneur, more resilient human being. That's really interesting. Totally. I agree. I think that um, they, they both share like similar traits, don't they? Like you have to be committed. You have to be dedicated. You have to take the losses whilst you take the wins and you have to remain humble, but also you need to be extremely confident and looking forward to the future. So they're very similar. Yeah. Now let's jump in and talk a little bit about digital marketing because I'm currently kind of the sitting chief marketing officer at Otter PR. I love marketing. I'm deep in the weeds every day. I've hired digital marketing agencies. I've ran one. Yeah. Uh, now like building my own little marketing team. And it's really important for entrepreneurs to understand this, this field, right? If you can't do marketing, if you can't do sales and your product sucks, you've got no <laughs> chance. If, if any yeah. of those pieces are missing, you're screwed, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like so many people, I think that uh, 
sales and marketing tends to have this kind of like nearly, well, sleazy kind of reputation in the sense that, oh, you're trying to sell me something? That must be bad. But it's like, no, I'm trying to offer you a solution to your problem. And and that's like, I think that it, it all comes down to the quality of the services. And where we win is, you know, I don't know if you can see it, but there's actually a sign round the side here and it says dominate in massive letters. And that's kind of like our slogan, don't just compete, dominate. And we 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 sort of work with our clients and try apply the same um, ethos to them, to all of their accounts and all of their campaigns where we're saying, you, you dominate your market, not by selling shit or by selling the product that people don't want. You you dominate the market by offering a solution to a problem, a viable solution that is actually really good. And then the sales aspect kind of melts away. Then it's just about the marketing. And that's, you know, people have problems in one, two or three of those categories, right? Yeah. But assuming yeah. you've got the best product or the best service in the world, you've got a great market fit. If you don't have marketing, your competitor who's worse than you is still going to win. So this is something <laughs> yeah. that every yeah. entrepreneur needs to learn at some point. Arguably the first thing an entrepreneur should learn before even the product starts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Right? And, Absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the head there. I was saying like the, the company that's great at marketing will win even if their product isn't as good as the, the, the company that is absolutely terrible at marketing, but maybe has a good product. And, and a great example of this would be the likes of, say, Google Ads and SEO, which is one of the two of the services that we offer to lots of clients. And, you know, one of the things that we always hear from companies when they come to us is, why the hell is that guy number one? We're way better than him. Why is he coming up on Google? And it's like, because he's invested in his marketing. Simple as. Hundred percent, and marketing as a as a term is is confusing to people. Yeah, and it sounds so specific, but it's such a big umbrella. So many little things fall under the digital marketing umbrella, right? There's yeah. you mentioned a couple of them: SEO, Google search. Yeah. There's email marketing. There's cold email marketing. There's yeah. Facebook ads. You can advertise on all these platforms, yeah. and it scares people. And people try and take all, like, become an expert in all of them, learn everything, and do everything all at once. And it can be overwhelming for entrepreneurs, especially new entrepreneurs. So talking to those those newer entrepreneurs now, how should they approach marketing? So I think that you need you need to always think about the customer. You know, there is there is no point if you sell, I don't know, if you sell uh, Rolex watches, if you sell Rolex watches, your market isn't going to be the same market as potentially that, you know, SpaceX would be or something like that, you know. You, you want to be selling to your customers. So you want to find out what your customer's um, persona is. You want to find out what their behaviors like online, what type of things that they like to look at, what do they do. And that's who you then reach out to. And platforms are going to be different based on personas. You know, if you actually look at data, you're going to find out, well, this type of person spends more time on Instagram. This type of person spends more time on LinkedIn. This type of person is more likely to purchase something online. And then you reverse engineer your campaigns around that. So it has to be data-driven because if you go in and you're like, oh, I'm going to do LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, I'm going to do Facebook, I'm going to do fucking every platform out there, TikTok, I'm going to do everything. You're not going to do anything. You're just going to move forward slightly and then you're just going to stop because that's basic. You know, we're a marketing company and we don't do everything for one client because there's so many aspects to things. So you have to pick things that are relevant to your niche, relevant to your customer, more importantly, and then go all in on those. If your customer is an avid user of TikTok, you want to smash that platform 
until it breaks because that's where you're going to get your results. 100% and very well said. Every business model is so different and every customer avatar is so different. Absolutely. So bus yeah. business owners, when you've got a product, figure out who's going to want this product and figure out where they're spending their time yeah. Yeah. and market to them there. It's, it's crazy, Jay, because people actually don't do that. Yeah, And you're like, why have you not? It's just a, a, I think it's a bit of a miscommunication or misunderstanding that you just go to the platforms, you put some ads out and that's it. And that's all that you need to do. And that is just so far from the truth. I think it's almost like FOMO marketing too, right? You talk to your yeah. friend and he's like, I'm making so much money on YouTube ads. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, I should be running more YouTube ads. Yes. But my, my customers aren't on there watching YouTube videos, so it's yeah. not going to work well for me. Yeah. So this is really where, I mean, expertise comes in because it's easy to get shiny eyed and want to do everything. But the, I guess it's, it's a, it applies to every aspect of life, right? The more of an expert that you become at something, the simpler that thing becomes to explain and, yes. to, and to do yeah. more of. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, like, for example, Cristiano Ronaldo, who um, I have massive admiration for as one of the world's, you know, leading sports people, like, I'm sure that guy isn't putting in the same amount of training to tennis and squash as he is to football. You know, you have to go all in on what you want to, you want to achieve greatness at. And it's, it, as you say, it's applicable to everything, isn't it? You know, it's relationships. You have to be all in on one, one person, you know, friendships. You don't want to have a million fake friends. You want to have a small amount of good ones and nurture those relationships. And it's just the exact same principle. So you hear that entrepreneurs, figure out who your customer avatar is, figure out where they're living and get really good at reaching them in one place. Absolutely. I think that's super important. And then that's marketing. Right. But then on the other end of that is branding, right? Like once you reach them, yeah. now you're, they're in your world. Yeah. What, what makes the purchase? What is branding and how, does, how, how can you build a, a great brand that people can trust and, yeah. and remember? Yeah, I think that's an awesome question because, again, this is something that's so often overlooked. Um, and, you know, as you said at the start, Jay, I, I have built multiple e-commerce businesses and, you know, a lot of them have been very successful um, in, in their niche areas. And, you know, to give you an example, uh, there's probably one that you've seen because I've done a little bit of promotion. I typically don't promote them, um, but there was one that I had promoted for electric scooters and, you know, so e-scooters and stuff. And, you know, I launched that during lockdown and the very first month that it went live, it's on 130,000 pounds in revenue, like within three weeks, 130K, brand new business, no brand equity previously, nothing. Um, we achieved that through planning. And a lot of that planning was based around the brand. So we, we established a brand maybe two months before we went live. We looked at, you know, Tesla. We looked at the, the way they do things, their text types, their font types. We tried to replicate that as much as we could. Um, we looked at things like, you know, for example, content. We built up a content repository. We, we had folders filled with videos, with photos. We had everything ready to go. We knew who our customer was. We knew what our messaging was. And it meant that when we decided to pull the trigger on the Facebook ads, the Google ads, all of the things that would bring in this revenue, we already had everything planned and positioned that there was a brand there. It wasn't just this unknown e-commerce store that looks like it's drop shipping shit from China and no one's going to buy on it. Um, and it was massively successful very quick. 
And I always t- use that example with clients whenever they come to us and they're like, I want to just go all in on ads. And it's like, but you don't actually have the content to back that up. You don't have the brand. You don't have any brand equity yet. You need to focus on getting that. Then you go hard with it. And then you start to go into the world of remarketing, customers visiting your website. You start hitting them with YouTube ads. You start hitting them with social ads. You keep bringing them back. They're now your customer. They're now in your world. And eventually they're going to buy if they're the right kind of person and you've got your audience right. There might be several touch points, maybe seven, eight, nine. Like I've seen insane touch points where a customer's maybe viewed a product 20 times and then they've came back and bought it. But that's fine. Like, I mean, if the cost per acquisition is marginable and it's profitable, why the hell not? Just keep bringing them back. So it's all about, I think, get that brand, get the content there, and then make sure you have a plan in place. Don't just go guns blazing on ads, burn the shit out of your budget, and then you have nothing to use. And it's funny, right? Because you're now an expert in marketing. You've got this whole team behind you. So you're like, hell, I want to launch an electric scooter company. Of course, it's going to be successful because you know how to sell that thing. You know how to market it. You know how to run ads to it. You know how to build a brand. Yeah. And there's so many pieces that people overlook that go into that. You know, like you said, the logo, the fonts that people don't even think about. What is that going to make them feel? Uh, The ad copy. I mean, there's so many layers to selling something, taking something from Alibaba, AliExpress to a Shopify store and making it work. And so many people think that they can just start yeah, start a drop shipping store and, and get rich. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work that way, guys. You have to do a wee bit of work. <laughs> yeah, you have to do a little bit of work. If you're not an expert marketer, it, it, it's not. And people on TikTok and YouTube make it sound so easy that anyone can just... It's crazy. It's, and it's like selling a pipe dream in a sense. And I think that, you know, yes, there's elements to it that you can get systems in place and you can get structures and blueprints and things that you can replicate. But... At the end of the day, when you're starting off, you still have to put the work in. You have to do it. A hundred percent. There's no, there's no plug and play and then go sit on a beach. No. Let's talk about, (laughs) it would be nice. We'll, we'll get there one day, but you got to put the work in. I mean, the decades of grinding to be able to go sit on a beach. And even then I'm probably not going to want to sit on a beach. There's going to be the next project. Yeah. I'm the exact same. If if I, I think if at any time I've ever went on a holiday, I probably last about one hour. And then I'm straight on my phone and my emails and I got my laptop out. Um, it, it, it's for people like us, it's just part of your lifestyle, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a healthy, unhealthy addiction, but I'm with you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. So you got your finger on the pulse of digital marketing. You're talking, talking to clients every day. You're operating on all of these ad platforms, figuring out essentially how you can make them the most money. And to do that, you need to know your shit. You need to know the digital marketing space. Talk to me about some trends that you've seen emerge, I guess, over the past couple of years. Where are people having the most success? One in in B2C sales, in e-commerce. And then I would also love to talk about B2B if you you do any of that. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I think, you know, obviously there's there's little things that come and then they go. And, you know, Clubhouse is a a massive example of this. And, you know, what what were your thoughts on Clubhouse? Just quickly, I just want to add an interest. So I think I've thought the same as you, and I think I know where you're going with this. When it first emerged, I kept getting invited to come do these talks and then invited to come listen to talks, and I just wasn't hooked. They didn't have my attention. The app never was able to get me coming back. I wasn't staying on the talks, and just from that 
consumer yeah. standpoints alone, I'm like, unless they figure something out, this is not going to work. Yeah, it's and it's I, funny you say that because I I was the exact same. And you know, the the first time I went on that app, like I I was I was in some sort of room, I was waiting, and I, I you know, like time is super precious for people that are performing at a high level. And you're sitting there and you're listening to somebody, you know, with the greatest respect. I'll, some people were talking rubbish and like, you know, stupid stories and things like this that weren't relevant. And you're sitting there and I'm like, I'm, I'm clock watching thinking, hold on, five minutes has just passed by. I haven't even got a chance to put any input in here yet. Um, and I don't think I'm even going to bother waiting. So I'm out. And I never took to it because of that reason. I just think that people that are, you know, high performers, super successful, I understand the networking element of it. I understood all that. But I think that the, the, the people that you actually want to be communicating with, people like yourself, you know, you're very busy. And I think that that's, that's the thing. Like, you're not going to get these people hanging around on these apps or eventually they're going to leave. So I kind of, from day one, knew Clubhouse wouldn't work. Um, and lo and behold, it hasn't. But I think that emerged and that was a bit of a, like, trend that kind of took people's attention, the audio side of things and Obviously, you've got Twitter integrating stuff like that now and things too. Um, but, you know, I definitely think if I had to pick something overall, Jay, it would have to be visually led content in terms of like video and immersive stuff like that because video has obviously always been kicking about. It's always been there. Um, TV advertising, you know, cinema advertising, like billboards to a certain extent, digital billboards, things like that, visually appealing things. Um even for B2B as well, but more especially B2C, because people like to see things, they like to visualize things. Um, and, you know, we have had in the last sort of two years, so two years ago, I brought on a guy called Ryan into my team, and he he was a freelance videographer, um, extremely talented guy, loved his stuff. We've done a bit of stuff with some clients. And then I was like, we need our own video department because the amount of content that we require for clients is astronomical. And also the way the market's moving, we need to be pumping out tons of visual stuff to keep our clients at the forefront. So we actually set up a video department. Ryan now heads that up as director of content within the business, which is cool. Um, and he's built a pretty good, robust team. And that has just been super, super impactful for us because it ties in lovely to you know, Google ads, it ties in nicely to Facebook ads, it ties into YouTube advertising, it ties into LinkedIn advertising. Um, and I think that that's probably been one of the, the biggest movers I've noticed. Um, and then obviously you've got like the likes of this metaverse stuff, which is pretty like blow, blow your mind out stuff. Um, and I, I think that that's an exciting space. Um, I had, you know, I purchased my first NFT about, um, oh, two weeks ago, I've, I've, I've been in crypto since 16, but the first NFT a couple of weeks ago. And, um, I think that there's just so much going on in that space, but I think it's important that entrepreneurs and business owners don't get overwhelmed by that and don't start thinking, holy shit, I need to buy some land in the metaverse or else my business won't fly. You know, there's, there's so many options available with video and content that you can still immerse your customers in your product or service without needing to physically have them with a headset on sitting, seeing your product. But I think that that is something that's massively emerging. Yeah, and, and part of being an entrepreneur and a marketer, right, is always adapting, seeing what's going on in the world, where people's attention is going, is that's I guess it. the trigger yeah. word there. Like yeah. TikTok, who would have known TikTok is going to be a great place to sell your e-commerce yeah. shit? Do you know what? Actually, I should have said TikTok. Yeah, TikTok's been huge. 
And, you know, like this is the thing as well. We have clients. We actually, I put some of my staff through the TikTok partner course. So whenever TikTok started um, their advertising platform, the dashboard on the back end, which is really good. Um, we partnered with TikTok and some of the guys done the course and it's very effective. But like you should have seen people's faces whenever we're sitting with clients and we're talking about the strategy and I'm sitting and I'm like, let's do some TikTok guys. And they're like, TikTok, what? Um, but they're they're forgetting that these platforms age and people that, for example, are banging out Instagram now, dominating Instagram, potentially, you know, what, maybe, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, like a lot of these users were teenagers, they were young adults, um, but now there's there's a massive audience on Instagram for anything. And TikTok, I think, will go the same way as the users age up. Um, and obviously, as TikTok implement more functionality, like they have the creator fund now, they have, you know, TikTok shops. So they are slowly but surely getting there. And the, the algorithm right now is as good as, as it's ever going to be. So use that shit before you have to keep paying just to get, you know, attention. So it's super, super important. A hundred percent. And just like we talked about Clubhouse, how yeah. how bad they were at keeping my attention. Yeah. TikTok is so good at keeping people's attention. It is unreal. It's addictive. As soon as it's I, addictive. It's a, so addictive. They figured it out. The algorithm yeah. is perfectly catered to, to what I like. I'm sitting there crying and angry at myself for consuming so much social media content. Like, oh, it's so good, but I can't stop. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. I actually, I, I decided that I was going to get my team to start doing my TikTok for me because I was consuming shit. And then I'm like, hold on a second, what am I doing here? And it's like 15 minutes has gone by and you're like, I have done nothing in these last 15 minutes, bar do this. Um, so I've sort of got my team posting for me now and stuff on there to kind of keep myself focused. But totally, it's it's a beast of a platform. I think it actually overtook Google as the most visited website on the planet just after Christmas, didn't it? So that's pretty cool. That is really cool. And yeah, if you're looking to grow organically on social, I posted a video like last night. It's already got like 70,000 views organically. You can't do that on any other platform nowadays. No. TikTok, no it's really... It incentivizes you to to yeah. create great content. So I'm glad you're on there. No, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I, like I, I've got a friend who has 16 million followers on TikTok. Jesus um, Christ. And off the back of that, he's created a career. Like he was, um, like he, he's getting fl flown to events. He's doing all this cool stuff and he's making a living out of it. And it's pretty, pretty awesome. It's a pretty cool way to make money, you know, um, posting a bloody 12 second, 10 second video online. It's not bad. The coolest way. Everyone wants to be a professional influencer. Yeah. It's absolutely. funny. If you ask, I think there was a poll, and it, ages 12 and under, their number one job that they wanted more than anything in the world when they grew up was to be a YouTuber. Really cool. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. It's down from like yeah. doctor and astronaut. Now they all want to be YouTubers. But I get it. I mean, shit, I kind of want to be a travel blogger, YouTuber too. Yeah. If I had a choice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I suppose it's kind of like, uh, I think like entrepreneurs became like the, the new rock stars for a while there. And like entrepreneurship was the, top, the hot topic. And then it's like influencers and shit like that. But do you know what? I think everything comes with its um, work, doesn't it? Everything requires work. If you want to be a YouTuber, you might need to bang out 500 videos before you get that video that pops. It's just, it is what it is. 100%.
All right, brother, let's talk a little bit about companies that are relatively new and don't want to take on the responsibilities of building their own internal marketing departments or becoming a master themselves. Yeah. For companies who are looking to hire a marketing firm, what does that look like? When you onboard a new client, what kind of money should they be doing? Who should be thinking about bringing on a marketing agency? Yeah. And what kind of numbers and things should be they be looking at to make that decision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, it. I suppose numbers aside, most businesses will know when they're at that point because you'll feel it in your bones that, you know, you've got the, you know, you might have the structure in place, but you're not totally utilizing it or you're not reaching your audience properly or you're maybe getting work in the door that isn't necessarily the work that you want but you know that you're more than capable of producing the service or product for the other stuff, but you just don't know how to reach that customer. So I think that a lot of businesses come to this crossroads and then it's kind of like, it's time to look at help. And, you know, some of our clients have internal marketing departments um, and are very large companies with maybe 20 people in their marketing team, but they still come to us because they don't have anybody who can do SEO. They don't have anybody that can, Look out! Look at it from a third-party perspective outside of the business and give input that way. Um, and that's always pretty cool to be working in these kind of situations. Um, and then, of course, you've got the small businesses that will come to us. Um, and sometimes, like, and you know what? In fact, a lot of the time, we actually end up having to say to smaller businesses, um, guys, maybe right now you should you should probably wait until you have a certain amount of budget before you actually go to market because if you're going to go to market you want to do it right and you want to give it a healthy budget so if you're kind of playing in this world where you maybe only have a couple of thousand quid and once you spend that money you're broke i i definitely think that you need to play it safer um and i'm i'm an all-in kind of guy but i do think that it comes to a position where you're like so you're going to pay our retainer plus you're going to pay your ad spend. When you actually add this up, the tangible results, even if you have a 20 times return on ad spend or something incredible like that, you're not actually going to get enough out of this for what you want. So it's managing expectations of businesses that have smaller budgets. Um, and for us, you know, that's something that we we started to do early on. And, you know, five years into this, the company now, um, we're very sort of, the first thing we ask is what's your budget? What do you want to achieve? What size is your business? Um, and, you know, for smaller businesses, we set up like mentor workshops and stuff like that to help them and empower them to actually do things themselves. So there might be things that they can do, such as buy a cheap camera, get some content. There might be, you know, basic social media structure, um, creating a content calendar and posting stuff periodically, um, creating a bit of a brand. And then once you get to a certain point where, you not that you feel comfortable because you should never truly feel comfortable, but to a point where it's not going to fucking break your business to spend a few quid. Um, then you come to a marketing company and let the professionals take over. And I think that that's the point then where we jump in and we turn your, you know, your 10K to 50, 60, 70. And then you keep, you know, then the machine starts to go and that's how you scale. Um, but it, it, I suppose it's just different for every business, isn't it? Like there's always going to be different points. Um, but I think that, you know, you'll know when it's, it's right. 
I think that that's the key thing. You'll know yourself because based on your own aspirations or how big you want to get, you're going to know what type of customer you need and how many of them you're going to need, aren't you? So um, if you can't do it yourself, you know, reach out to, to a company like ourselves or like, you know, Otter as well. Um, and, you know, definitely get the help you need. Yeah, and I think you made an important point there. And that's not to YOLO in on a vendor, on an agency. If yeah. you're at a point where you're you're new and you're, you know, barely making enough to pay yourself, don't throw all your money on an agency and, and pray no. for them to make you rich. No, no. If people come come to us all the time, like, all right, like we've got, yeah, we can afford this for a month. I'm like, no, <laughs> this isn't for you. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to be able to turn your business around in one month. You need to be very yeah. comfortable for at least six months. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that was great advice. Like you said, everyone's at a different point. Some people have funding from outside investors. That's a different scenario. Yes. Yeah. But I agree with you. No, absolutely. Right. And it's funny you say that because um, we recently had, you know, we had a company come to us and they wanted us to build a website. And we were like, okay, cool. Tell us about what you want. We actually, we built some very successful auction websites, online auctions. Um, some of them turn over millions and millions of pounds. They've been fantastic. And um, this guy got in touch and he wanted to build kind of the next eBay, right? And we're like, okay, that sounds awesome. Um, and his budget was like 2,000 pounds. And, you know, like it's it's managing expectations of, you do realize that eBay is an absolute based, like you can't go up against eBay with 2,000 pounds. So it's it's being realistic in your approach as well and just doing as much of it as you can. You know, because whenever I started Vindicta, I was the salesperson, I was the accountant, I was a very bad accountant at that as well. Um, and I was the marketer, I was, I was fucking everything. I was the office cleaner, I was everything. Um, and over time then you bring staff in, you delegate, and it's just the same principle. Um, I did the same thing, and that is exactly the right way to do it for anyone listening. Yeah. Learn yeah. all these things yourself, at least at a baseline level, so you can have that conversation and make money doing it before you start bringing other people in to replace you. Yeah. yeah. Let's play a little game. You open for a little game? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. As a marketer as well, I'm kind of also a software junkie. There's all kinds of little hacks and fun stuff that I've learned over the years. Okay, cool. Think about a software or a tool that you guys use that most people don't know about that you think is really valuable to, to either your business or your customers' businesses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So tell us about the tool. What are we? What are we missing? What's the tool? So, the the one that just, I suppose the first one that came to my head was Hootsuite, um, because it is you know it's a it's a beast of a of, of scheduling system. And I think that for especially new businesses, it's super important that your time is consumed doing the right stuff. So instead of you sitting manually creating posts, posting them up throughout the day periodically, um, and taking your time away from actually implementing and taking action on your business and growing it, you can actually just do all of this stuff at the weekend or on a Sunday night, get it all done, schedule it for the week ahead. And the amount of time that that's going to save you as a business person as a business owner, I think it's astronomical. Um, so yeah, I don't know why, but that just popped in my, into my head. No, I mean, if that's something that you guys yeah. use a lot, that provides a lot of value. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the same, Hootsuite's a great tool. We've used it as well for scheduling. Yeah. They 
link really well with all the social media platforms. Yeah. Hero Post is what we use to do our scheduling. Okay, cool. Also a great tool. Check it out. What do you use for website development? What is your go-to web so, web dev builder? Yeah, so I think it just depends on the client. Depends on what kind of um, flexibility they want to have. Um, so, for example, sometimes we'll get clients. Uh, security is a major thing for. So we'll build from scratch. So we'll actually just build and code the website from scratch using, you know, Joomla or something like that there, um, because the security patches are better and things like that. For other clients, they, you know, budget dependent as well. Some clients might come to us and they want e-commerce and, you know, they might be sort of going towards the likes of Magento and things like that there as a, as a, as CMS. And I hate Magento. I think it's so old school, so clunky. And do you know what? I would point them towards the likes of Shopify over Magento any day of the week. Because, For e-commerce? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's fast. It's flexible. It comes with great payment gateways that you're probably going to use anyway. Let's face it. Most people are going to use Stripe or something like that. Um and it's so easy for the client to be empowered to then make changes. Um, you know, whether they're big or small, it doesn't matter. Um, we can always do the bigger ones. Um, and then, you know, similar to that, then for your kind of basic website, I would sort of be saying WordPress. And, you know, WordPress has a, I think WordPress has a bit of a bad rep with some developers and dev teams because of security and things like that. But I mean, if it's the kind of business that, it's not going to be getting hacked by, you know, Russian hackers anytime soon. And it's the kind of business that is going to rely heavily on Google rankings and, you know, getting traffic organically through Google. As, you know, SEO is, is ripe with WordPress. It's fantastic for WordPress. So I think that, you know, using sort of the simple platforms, but building something that's beautiful, but also manageable by the client for me is massive. Um, and we, we've done the whole thing with like custom built CMSs and building from scratch and stuff for, for multiple clients. But what I find is the relationship then isn't as good between us as a marketing company and the agent or sorry, the client, because every time they contact us and they want to make a change to their website, if it's custom built, we're going to have to code that. We're going to have to do some hard coding and that's going to incur costs. Um, and very quickly, they are spending a lot of money on the website. Whereas if we build using WordPress and then we, we, we install like Bakery Builder or Elementor or something like that, the client can be empowered to go in and make some changes themselves. Keeps the relationship great. They can focus most of their budget on their marketing, which obviously is essential. Doesn't matter how good your website looks or functions. If it's not out there, it's not going to make you any money. Um, so. Yeah, I think there's a couple of ones there, um, but I always think that there's platforms there that do things well. They're simple to use. They're simple to build on. They're fast. They're efficient. And I think that, you know, why why reinvent the wheel half the time? So that's my thoughts on it anyway. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm an expert WordPress developer and designer. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked at some of the clients bringing me Wix sites. I, I remember when <laughs> Wix first came out, it was yeah, a joke. Yeah. Yeah, Wix is really pulling their stuff together. I've still never used it, but it, yeah, it's amazing right. the the new things that are popping up. Yeah, you're and that, totally one hundred percent. Yeah, and now you can make entire websites on ClickFunnels on lead pages. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of great options out there. Yeah, and look, listen, I you know we have developers in our team, and I know for a fact if I said to one of our guys that's just building on Wix, he'd probably have a heart attack. Um, 
But, you know, listen, see whenever budgets are small or whenever time is off the essence is for a quick event or whatever. Why not? Why not? You yeah, know, it's, right? yeah, why not? I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's keep it going. Number one recommended marketing book that you've read. Oh, geez. Marketing book. Um, I think obviously all Gary V stuff is pretty good. Um, Gary V is, is the man and he actually follows me on Instagram, which is pretty cool. Um, really? Yeah. That's an yeah. impressive one. Yeah, Gary. So whenever I started Vindicta, um, at the very start, I swapped emails with Gary and we actually arranged the meetup in London, but he got stuck in Boston and I never, we never got to have the, the coffee, but, um, I've kept him sort of on the back burner that once we reach a certain level, I'm going to be like hitting him up and I'm like, Gary, Listen, you've been following me now for five years. That's that's hook up now. Um, and I, I, I've already visualized that it's going to happen. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. But all the Gary Vee stuff is awesome. Um, you know, Grant Cardone stuff is awesome as well from a perspective of taking action on your marketing, being omnipresent, you know, dominating your market. And then, you know, one of the books that's just stuck in my head and it just popped up there, um, I'm massive into audiobooks and stuff and self-development. Um, but but from a marketing perspective, taking away the self-development side, um, there's a book called Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley. I don't know if you've ever read it, um, no. but it is very good. And it helped me a lot in the early days of positioning your business as, you know, oversubscribed to actually generate, you know, tangible business. Um, and I think that that was massive for me. And then, you know, 50 cents books are fantastic as well um, for marketing because that guy is a marketing genius. Um, and Interesting. Yeah, man, there's just so many. There's just so many. Like There are. Um, Have you read Marketing Se- or the, the Secrets Trilogy by Russell Brunson? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Those are great too. Yeah. Those, those would be probably my favorite. Russell follows me. That's my... Oh, nice. <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not quite Gary Vee, but I'll take it. It's a flex. It's still a flex. It's still a flex. <laughs> All right. And last question. And you're not allowed to name any of the people that you just mentioned, but who would you say is your ideal go-to marketing guru? The guy that you follow on social media, watches YouTube videos, and just think he's he's really the guy for marketing. He's the guy, not Gary Vee. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's one of them situations where I, I think that I probably don't consume enough of other people's content. And I'm thinking... Yeah. Who, who do I consume the most content from? And it has to be Gary V. Like, it has to be Gary V. Um, He's so entertaining. He's a master of, of entertainment and attention. He, the guy has, you know, he's, he, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's branched into so many other areas of life that are so um, applicable to so many people. And, like, you've got, like, you know, housewives that know nothing about marketing or business but they know who Gary Vee is because yeah. he's done some videos on parenting, you know, or someone who knows NFTs because Gary Vee's all over the NFT scene and stuff. So like, I have to say Gary Vee stuff. It has to be Gary Vee, man. It has to be. I, I can't, I can't say anyone else. It has to be Gary Vee. What about yourself? No, I'm with you. I do love Gary Vee. Uh, Russell Brunson's probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think he's a true master. I've gone to all of his conferences uh, yeah, I talked to him were, several. Were you at one in 2021, by any chance? Yeah, funnel, yeah, funnel hacking in Orlando. We got to yes. get you down for the for the oh. next one. It is it is a blast, man. Some of the best people from all over the world come for it. It's just uh, it, you're invited. Let's go. Yeah, come come stay it. with us. I would love to. I would absolutely love to.
Love it, brother. Okay, that's all the questions that I had. I would love to leave you a, a minute just to give any kind of final remarks, marketing tactics, strategies for anyone who might be listening, yeah. entrepreneurs with other businesses or people who might be wanting to start their own marketing agency. Yeah, totally. So I think that you know all, this, all of the stuff that we've spoke about here are hugely impactful. They're all very disruptive. They're going to change things for your business and things like that. Um, but I, I definitely think that uh, and this is something that I wholeheartedly believe in deep down is that if your mindset isn't correct, none of this shit matters. None of it, because you're not going to implement stuff. You're not going to take action. And, you know, I've been through lots of things in my life. I lost my dad suddenly a couple of years ago. You know, I've, I've been in depths of, you know, mental turmoil and came up and down. Life is a roller coaster. And I've, I've felt what it's like to not have that motivation. And that for me was very scary and that paralyzes you. It, so you need to have your mind correct. You need to be surrounding yourself and networking with the right kind of people. You need to stay motivated and driven. And to do that, you need to be educating yourself. You need to be developing yourself mentally. Um, and then everything else kind of falls into place. And, you know, not to sort of be too spiritual about stuff, um, but, you know, if you're a believer in the law of attraction, then I, I think you, you are, Jay, and, you know, it's a massive thing and um, positive energy brings about positive, positive outcomes. And, you know, I think that remaining in a positive state of mindset and developing that will allow you to take action on all of these marketing principles so much more successfully and with so much more intent that things will actually happen and pay off for you. Um, but if you're going into things and you're sort of half-assing it or you're not fully on and you're not fully in it, um, you're going to struggle. So I, I definitely think that all of these things we talked about are super essential. But please remember that everything starts with you as, a, as an individual, um, regardless of anything else. So look after yourself, look after your mind, and everything else will, will, will fall into place. Well said, brother. And to do that, like you said, mindset is everything. Surround yourself with people who inspire you, ideas that inspire you, yeah. and you're unstoppable. And guys, to do that, you follow Mr. James Blake on Instagram because all yes, this man does please. is inspire. Uh, so with that being said, brother, where's the best place to get in touch with you? Find out a little bit more about Vindicta. Where can Hell people yeah, connect? So um, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's Mr. James Blake. Um, my username on most things is Mr. James Blake. There's a lot of fakes at the minute, unfortunately. So um, try and get the right one. And, you know, yeah, hit me up on there. Um, you can also visit Vindicta Digital. That's V-I-N-D-I-C-T-A Digital. Um, and you can, you know, reach out to our team if you need any help with anything to do with any of the stuff I spoke about. Um, or even just hit me up directly. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always all ears to listen to people and see, you know, is there anything that we can do together or any way that we or, or myself can be of, of assistance. So, yeah, just hit me up and uh, look forward to connecting with everybody. It's awesome. And thanks again, brother. Everyone go shoot James a follow. And James, this was a blast. It's an awesome conversation. I'm glad we got the chance to finally do this. Yeah, so Many I. years to come, and you're going to join me down in Orlando for the next Funnel Hacking, right? Yes, that's do it, man. That's do it. I'm, I'm super excited. I hold you to it, brother. All right, guys, see you in the next episode of Mentors Collective. Cool. <laughs>